So you're only going to be what you're around every day. For me, that's when it changed. For me, I can remember the day that my mentality changed. I didn't want to be at war every day. I wanted to be around other like-minded people. I wanted to be around people who wanted a future. I wanted to go to college. Just anything. I just wanted to be around people who wanted to have an influence and wanted to go off and do great things and not be a statistic. So uh, when I got into that environment where everyone wanted to succeed and everyone wanted to go out and go to school and get good grades and wake up and be positive every day, that motivated me. I'm Doug Bobst, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today's guest is Michael Orr. Michael is a former offensive tackle who played in the National Football League for eight seasons, primarily with the Baltimore Ravens. He is perhaps best known as the subject of Michael Lewis's best-selling book, The Blind Side. He is also the founder of the Orr Foundation, a philanthropic organization dedicated to empowering kids to break the cycle of poverty and achieve their dreams through opportunities and education. Today on the show, we discuss Michael's story and his thoughts on the blind side, how he conquered the victim mindset and remained optimistic during adversity, how he avoided temptation as a kid and stayed out of trouble, why cutting ties with bad friends is so important, the biggest lessons Michael has learned from everything he's overcome, what he's up to now, and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Michael Orr to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be on and glad to be here. Uh, talking to someone, especially uh, someone who's in Baltimore, uh, my own stumping ground. So I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, thanks again for coming on. I mean, your story is is so inspirational. Obviously, I, I was I've been in Baltimore my whole life. I remember you when you played for the Ravens. Your story was um, was showcased a lot when you were with the Ravens. That's when the, the movie came out and everything. Um, but I, I think the good place a good place for us to start is. I know you've talked a lot about that what you want people to really take away from your story is like the biggest lessons that you've learned from it. So what would you say have been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned um, throughout the course of everything that you've overcome? Um, some of the, the biggest lessons I've uh, learned and overcame and what I want people to uh, take from my story is, uh, I guess, uh, one of the one of the number one thing is, things is uh, probably perseverance uh, and understanding that everybody's going to struggle. Everybody's going to have uh, obstacles, uh, but it's it's uh, it's it's about how do you, how you handle those obstacles and how you uh, go through that adversity. And the person that comes out on the other side is the most important. And obviously, I've been through a lot. You know, all my life, uh, my back has get, been against the wall and, you know, even, even in recent times. So, you know, it, I think what we all must understand and what my story uh, tells is you can not have a foundation. You cannot have uh, stability, uh, independence. You can not have so many, so many tools that others are blessed with. But with the right mindset and the right frame of mind, you can overcome and you can get to the places where you want to be in life. Uh, I think that's the most important thing that kept me going every day and to help me persevere and get to reach my goals and uh, get out the dumps into a life of where I can sustain and be somewhat comfortable in. Uh, not have to go through the many struggles, but also having an understanding of where I came from and the sense of helping others. And so you mentioned perseverance, which obviously I think is is very important when trying to overcome adversity. You've had your back against the wall a lot in your life. Um, you talked about like your mindset and everything like that. What kind of things would you tell yourself when you were going through something hard and 
you couldn't see like any light in front of you. You couldn't see the end in sight. Like everything around you just seemed to be falling apart. Um, I, I think at the end, I, I think you can you can put in your mind whatever you whatever you want your future to be. I think, and it's not tangible in those moments. But if you can imagine, if you place that plan, if you've seen something that someone on TV or someone has accomplished something, you know, whoever it may be. I think for me, the biggest thing that I uh, did, I got lost in what I was doing. I got lost in the process. I got lost in winning every day, winning every day, making sure I became a champion every day. And I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't see anything positive around me. So I just stuck, stayed within my imagination. And, you know, what I told myself every day, as long as I was, uh, Going to school, as long as I wasn't getting it being a problem or a statistic, I just kept within my imagination. And I knew as days went on, time went on, doing everything right every day, I figured that I would eventually, as as I aged, as days, I would eventually get to what I was thinking and it would become tangible for me. You know, that, that was my main mindset because... You know, I didn't have, man, I didn't have anybody going to work. I didn't have anybody to tell me to go to school. I didn't have, I wasn't comfortable until I, my first day I walked on a college campus uh, because I, I didn't know where my next meal was going to come from. I didn't know that I was going to have a consistent place to stay until my first day on campus. And when I walk, walked across the campus of the University of Mississippi, uh, that's when I felt free. That's when all the baggage fell off. So in that process, not seeing, not, yeah, it was dark, dark times. Everything around you is, man, the, the very worst. So I think you got to get lost uh, in, in those days. It's kind of like a training camp. You know, after a certain couple of days, you know, you, you, you forget what day, to, what day it is. You forget... <laughs> If it's Monday, Tuesday, what year it is, you know, you're just gonna, I don't know if you ever seen Jumanji, one of my favorite movies when uh, Robert Williams, he came out of the, the jungle. He was like, what day is it? You know, uh, as training camp. And that's how you got to go about life. And you just got to get lost in it. And then once you get there, you can see the light and then all the baggage will fall off and you'll become free. There's so much gold in what you just said. And I think, um, a lot of people have the best intentions in getting lost in the process, getting lost in sports and in doing things that are positive for them. But then they have people around them, whether it be friends, family members, classmates, trying to bring them down and they're doing, they're not making the right choices. Maybe they're selling drugs, maybe they're doing drugs and they find themselves in a, in a hard place. What, what helped you like, because I know there was plenty of temptation, like what helped you really stay away from all of that? and keep you on, on track with your goals? Yeah, for me, it was the, it's, those are going to be some of the toughest battles you have to face on trying not to get involved in. Um, it, it's so easy. and You don't want to disappoint people. You don't want to disappoint your family, your close friends. For me, um, I, I think I learned right away that I had to drop that baggage. I had to get a, get away from those friends and those people who weren't gonna, who didn't have admirations on being successful or graduating high school was really the first task for. So I understood I couldn't, I had to find me someone who didn't do the drug, who wasn't going out trying to uh, rob, kill, whatever it may be. Uh, so I had to get rid of those, those people and, you know, it, it's the, some of the toughest things to do. I mean, you can preach even coming up preaching, hey, we can't do that. We can't go over here and do this. But I, I think the biggest thing, even as you grow older, that's one of the biggest foundations people forget once they make it to where they want to be. They think, for me, my head was down so long. I'm, I, I'm, I've, I've always been great by alone. And when people can't take the criticism, if they can't take the lessons that you're trying to teach, you have to cut those individuals off. 
And you have to start showing them through actions. You have to, hey, okay, you guys don't want to take my lead or you guys don't want to follow. Get rid of that group. Get rid of those people and do it through actions. Do it through, through go back to the fundamentals and foundations that got you to where you want where you are. You can't. People try to change the. You can't change. It is what it is. It's kind of like football. People go out here and they say football is not physical no more. It's soft. Hey, in those trenches, <laughs> that defensive line, that offensive line, I can promise you, it'll never not be physical. They say it's a passing league. It's not. No. The game of football is always going to be, you're going to always win up front. And that's the foundation. You know, cutting people off, getting back to the foundation, getting back to what got you to that point. Getting back to, you've been running the football all year and, all of a sudden, you want to get to the playoffs and throw the ball. No, that throwing and running the ball, that's going to win your championship. So you got to keep and do what got you to those points. And, you know, if no one's trying to understand those foundations, you have to get rid of that group and show them through actions. Amen to that. And a lot of people who are listening to this or watching this or just, I think, people in general – they may only know your story from the movie The Blind Side, but from what I understand, there's some there's some differences between that and what how you actually grew up. So if somebody like ran into you at a store, at a coffee shop, and had a few minutes with you, how would you um, describe what your what your upbringing was actually like, and what you went through, and how you were as a person, et cetera? Um, I think The Blind Side it only could show so much, but you know, for me, I was homeless from the time I was three years old and felt homeless and uh, deprived of a lot of things up until, like I said, I walked on college campus. You know, the blind side, uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's a great story that inspired so many people. But uh, in reality, I needed a mentor or someone to help me when I was 10 years old because from three years old to 10 years old, I was homeless in and out of shelters, foster care, and on the streets. Uh, by myself for a year and a half, just trying to survive. So I didn't really start this journey until I was about 12. So from three to 12 years old, it was a lot of struggle. It was a lot of uh, heartache. Um, but with that comes, you, you know, you, you learn so much. And, you know, that's that's when the journey really started. I need a routine already at 12 years old. And I started to go to school on my own. I started to do everything on my own and the the blind side uh, it basically that's my senior year of high school uh when i moved in with the uh tui family so uh and i was an all-american and 18 years old and just uh had already been through a, a whirlwind of uh of so many different circumstances so you know it but at the end of the day uh you know it it is inspiring it is it, get, it has given so many people hope, and uh, it's my story, and it's a great story. As, as far as how it impacted um, you and your NFL career, um, I know the movie kind of came out towards the beginning of your NFL career, and you know that became like more of the focus other than you as a football player, like what, how did it positively impact all of that? And then how did it, how has it negatively impacted um, your career? Um, I, you know, it, it's, you know, I was an offensive lineman. So, you know, I've always said, you know, offensive linemen, they don't, they don't want to be known. They just want to go about their work, uh, get their job done uh, and just have a good time with their teammates so being a lineman, uh, everyone knows uh, you can be a good a good player. You know, you, you've been in Baltimore this whole time. So, you know, obviously you probably want, if I do one thing wrong, you're probably one of the people that said, oh, man, it's Mike Ward again, you know, not knowing that, you know, I'm one of, I, I, I was a good, solid player. But once you, everything else is magnified, you know, if you do one thing, uh, it, it's a, it becomes a negative so, you know, you, you just have to, you know, stay mentally involved. You have to just uh, go out and continue to, you know, try to do what, like I said, get back to the foundation, being a football player. You know, that's all 
I ever wanted to be was a football player because I understood what got me to to uh, out the out the jungle and man, just out of all those hard times. So you know, that's the foundation being a football player. Um, you know, negativity, negative. I mean, I, I think what it did was gave me a great platform. Um, being one of the a football player and being a lineman. You know, just being being uh, around the globe more popular probably than some of the most popular players in the NFL. So the platform that I have that it's given, uh, I, I wouldn't say anything has been negative uh, about it, uh, you know, but, you know, so, yeah, it, it, I, I think it's all been positive looking back on it. Gotcha. And um, I know one of the things that, you talk about in your your new book when when your back's against the wall um is like not being a victim and i know it would have been really easy for you to to fall into or stay into that uh, victim mindset given your circumstances given your upbringing i mean you just described your your life from 3 to 12 years old and how painful it was how did you how did you avoid staying stuck in that in that victim mindset and you're on the streets from that for that long as a kid. For me, I've, I saw so many drug addicts. I saw so much crime. I, 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 you already understand by the by when I start this journey at twelve, thirteen, you understand that, man. You, you're you're a lot more mature than what the average twelve year old is. So I understood that. It's not anyone else's fault uh, but mine because at five, six, seven years old, you know right from wrong. You know not to do drugs already because everyone's making fun of, making fun of drug addicts. And I wasn't going to blame anything on anyone but myself um, because when you're around zombies, drug addicts, all that, they're not, they're not in the right minds. So when you're in your right mind at such a young age, you understand what, which route to go and everything else. When I looked in that mirror, I was going to, I, I told myself, everything is on you. It's on you. If you want to be successful and it's not on anyone else because I understood no one was going to save me, but me. I mean, I, I can't go out and cry and go out and play this victim uh, role when you know no one's gonna no one's gonna care no one's no one I understood the people around me didn't have the ability to help a victim they don't have a they can't steer you in any direction you you have to go to school on your own you get kids dropping out of school at nine ten years old so you know not to do that so I can't I can't I wasn't going to be a victim I wasn't going to play that role because I understood if I played this victim role, I was going to end up in a worse situation than I already was in. So for me, it was to be positive, to go out and do the total opposite what everyone else was doing around me. Uh, it's no time to eat. I don't care where you are. If you're playing this victim mentality, have this victim mentality, you're just going to be in a worse situation than what you're in already. So I understood that so many other people had their they had their own problems. They were struggling and everyone needed help. So it's no one there to help a victim. So your mentality needs to be of, hey, I'm going to go out here and change. I'm going to go out here and help myself get to where I want to be. So uh, no one has time for a victim mentality. So knowing what you know now and everything that you've overcome, um, you know, I, like I said, I live in Baltimore and I've seen the city well, it's a great city, but it's 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 got it's had a lot of problems over the years. And there's been people who have constantly come in and said, "We're going to change the city. We're going to change the city. We're going to clean it up. We're going to make it better for the people that live down there." And it just seems that nothing changes. There's still a lot of poverty, still a lot of crime, still a lot of people that are just struggling. Like based on your experience, like what do you think needs to happen to a city like Baltimore for it to to change and to to prosper again? I don't care where you are, Baltimore or any other country, uh, Memphis, uh, where I grew up, nothing's going to change unless you help yourself. 
Nothing's going to change unless, unless you heal yourself first and start to clean up your act and start to get it to, to get it together on your own. I can remember back not having anything, living in the projects, getting up, making a bed that was on the floor, making basically a mattress, making my mattress up on the floor, you know, keeping the room clean that I was in, even though it didn't have windows. No, you, you can't. People can't help you if you're not trying to help yourself and heal yourself first. You got to meet people halfway. You know, that's what I've always done. And even if it was doing things on my own, just trying to, someone was helping me, I was going to make their job easier if they're trying to help me. You know, instead of dragging them down, pulling them down and making it worse and making something, having someone think negative of me and not wanting to come back and help me a second, third, whatever many times that I need that help. They know that I'm going to, it's not going to be much help that's going to be needed. So the victim mentality that we were talking about, everyone has to, uh, for me, you got to get off your, you really got to get off your fan and get to going. <laughs> you got to get off and, and you, you can't, you can, yes, some people need a little help, but you can't expect. And if you do that, if you keep encouraging that mentality, that's going to be your problem. That's going to be the issue. And, and time has told us that right there, that you have to meet people halfway and you have to help and heal yourself first before we can fix this entirety of this, the entire problem that we're dealing with. You, you mentioned that you have to take care of yourself, heal yourself, work on yourself and meet people halfway. Um, Obviously, the Tui family was very instrumental in, in, in really like kind of helping you out and taking you in um, during a time in your life. And I know you also had some other mentors along the way. Who was somebody um, before you met the Tuis, before you got to, to high school, that was just instrumental as a, as a mentor, as a role model for you um, while you were growing up? One of the first uh, men by the name of Tony Henderson. He was a guy. He uh, had basketball uh, he had basketball teams, had football teams, and um, he was the first person who, you know, basically took me to, I guess, uh, to get me into overnight sports. And, you know, I, that's when the road, that's when it started to change for me on the avenue that I thought that was going to take me to where I needed to go. So uh, that's why I try to tell uh, people, I don't care who you are. Just spending an hour a week with a kid, uh, with a youth, a disadvantaged youth, uh, just I don't care what it is, pouring into someone uh, mentally and just letting them know it's going to be OK. If you're if you do this every day, you're going to reap whatever seed that you're putting out. Your reward will be here in this amount of time. So just to have be, be around someone who's uh, seen some success. And to make make it easier on that young person mentally, because I knew I needed early, I needed earlier than 14, 15 years old. Uh, good thing that I stuck with it and kept uh, kept down the right path, but not so many others aren't as fortunate. Was there ever a time during your childhood that you thought? that you felt confident that things were going to work out for you and that you were going to make it? Or did you just assume that it was going to be up to you and you had to keep putting in the work and like things were always going to be a challenge for you? I was in the mindset that I knew the challenges was there. Uh, didn't know when things were going to happen. My mindset was to be consistent every day. It was going to school when no one else wasn't. Uh, showing up to practices, school practices. Uh, and I, I was just living day by day, to be honest. You know, I honestly was living day by day. You know, I had it. I would say I would think about, you know, you're on the court, basketball court, you know, with your friends playing basketball. You, you may come and say, I'm going to the NBA, stuff like that. But uh, I think the biggest thing for me was just staying consistent. Yeah, you dreamed about it. And you really don't know what's there when you came through such poverty and deprived areas uh, because you, you don't you haven't seen anything. So, uh, you know, it, I, I really 
was taking it one day at a time. You know, I, I think my senior year of high school, I became an All-American. I was an All-American. And, you know, that's when I really thought that, hey, this thing might be, this, something might be there uh, down the line if I continue to do what I'm doing. And, you know, things started to change right there mentally on uh, the success that I think that I thought that I would have. You've achieved and overcome so much personally and professionally. What are you, what are you most proud of? I, I'm probably most proud of It's a lot there. <laughs> you know, you've been, you've gone through so much. You've, I mean, achieving, just graduating high school was a big deal. Uh, getting to that point right there. Um, you know, going to college, huge uh, monumental thing for me. And uh, a lot of people from where I'm from. NFL, first round, being an Arthur, uh, New York Times bestselling Arthur, winning the Super Bowl. Um, you know, you, you're so many things. Uh, I think probably the number one thing for me is it's going to go back to, you know, family. Something that I really never had, a family on my own. I never had anyone, a father like myself to show me what's right from wrong or to be there to work me out, go out, take me to different places and just to have someone there uh, like me, I am what I am to my family uh, and my kids. I think that's the, that's the number one thing that I'm most proud of uh, is that my family that I've created and that, I know that's dependent on me to be that leader, to be that role model. You know, so many of us kids like me growing up disadvantaged, uh, they need that role model. They need that mentor. You know, I, I think about it all the time when I'm doing things. And, you know, I wish I had that. I would have been so much better mentally, so much better physically. <laughs> you know, so uh, man, it's it's a great thing. And I think winning at life uh, and not the entertainment business and not sports, having shown that you've shown your kids and that next generation, you know, it, you put a price on everything else, but the one that's most important is priceless. So how, how, how does your, how is your experience as a kid and your childhood and everything you went through? How is that? like shaped who you are as, as a dad and the way that you raise your kids and the way that you um, raise your family. Confidence, maintaining a clean diet, staying active and exercising discipline are key indicators of a healthy individual. The practice of discipline extends to various aspects of life, including sleep patterns, dietary choices, and overall body care. Embracing discipline not only yields short-term benefits, but also lays a strong foundation for long-term health. It is important to recognize that skin health is an integral part of this holistic approach and should not be disregarded. Fortunately, incorporating skincare into your daily routine can be effortless, and that's where Caldera Lab comes in. With their products clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, Caldera Lab proudly stands as a leader in men's skincare. I'm a big fan of taking care of my skin, and didn't realize I was only scratching the skincare surface by using store-bought products and getting a facial every few months. I'm a 35-year-old bachelor and spend a lot of time on camera, and I decided that I need to do an even better job at maintaining my healthy skin. After seeing many of my friends use Caldera Lab, I decided to try their top-notch products. Their formulas combine pharmaceutical-grade science with nature's purest and most potent ingredients and are simple to use. I've been using their regimen bundle twice a day and have already had several compliments about the difference in my skin. Caldera Lab's regimen routine begins with their clean slate, which is a balancing cleanser to get things started. Then I add their base layer, a nutrient-dense fortifying moisturizer to help hydrate my skin. Then I finish off with the good, which is their clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps my skin look and feel tighter and smoother. So if you want to upgrade your skin and confidence with products that use exceptional ingredients, head to calderalab.com and use my code Doug to get 20% off. Again, head to calderalab.com and use my code Doug to get 20% off. Be ready to experience a whole new level of health and skincare with Caldera Lab. Now back to the show. Um, it, 
the, I think the most important thing is nothing, it's nothing uh, special. It's, it's not too hard, not too special. The biggest thing, it's simple stuff, man. The life is simple. It, it should, it, I just do the things that I didn't see or I'm doing the things I know not to do and that I didn't, things that I wanted as a kid, things that uh, I wish I had. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's great. I, yeah, I don't like talking on it too much. I don't like, uh, that's the last thing I have is my family. So, but it, it's a great thing. It, it's a, it, for people that hadn't experienced it. Uh, I, I truly wish you will. There's a part in your book where you talk about the feeling like you felt you didn't feel as good maybe as you wanted to or as you could have after you won the Super Bowl with the Ravens because you just felt like you were I think you still you were just in that mindset of always having your back against the wall and you just felt like there was always needed to be some some pressure and stuff in your life. Talk about that experience and um do you still feel that way even today when you when you achieve something great? It's always something else out there that's better, you know. When you failed a tr- so uh, just a tremendous amount of times as a kid, when every day, just imagine every day you're waking up and you're in this tough situation. You don't have you have to go out. You're in survival mode every single day. And everything when you're doing something right, you never get rewarded. And that's how it was for me, forever. And I've just always lived by you have to get, if you succeed, whatever you succeed in, you have to find out a way to get better, to work even harder. Uh, I guess in sports, for me, I, when I started, I started playing football eighth grade high school. Uh, we didn't win a game. We got destroyed every game. Um, so eighth, ninth grade, two bad years, and we just 60 nothing, 50 nothing. So we won, won a couple games. I'm like, when, you, when I started winning, when I, once I got to uh, 10th grade, 11th grade, until that clock stopped running, I was always scared that, you know, we can be up seven and nothing. I'm thinking until, uh, until it hits triple zeros, I'm thinking someone might come back. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, that's how my life has always been, you know, being down a hundred to nothing. And that's how I go about every day. Like I'm down and like uh, I'm competing. So, you know, it's always something out there you can get better at. And I've been learning all my life and it's special moments. I enjoy those moments. I enjoy every day. I enjoy doing things. I enjoy, you know, this right here, but I understand that. I have so much more to give and I can be so much better at a ton of things. So that's, that's why I have that mentality when you've been down by a hundred points all your life. Um, you can't let up. So after you won the Super Bowl, did you think that something bad was going to happen or did you just believe it was too good to be true? No, I didn't think it, uh, something bad was going to happen. You know, I, I think I enjoyed the moment. Uh, just as much as anyone. I mean, that's something that I've been chasing all my life. And football is something that I love probably more than anybody in its world. Uh, I can't wait till Saturdays and Sundays, you know, but it's like I said, when you've failed so much, uh, you reach that pinnacle and you start to wonder, hey, what's next? What can I do better? How can we get back to this moment? Uh, you know, like you just said, is it true? Is it real? You can't believe it. You probably never will. I never, probably never will. Uh, it, that's just, it, it just goes back to the way that I grew up and the way that things like that just doesn't happen to people like me. So, uh, like I said, you enjoy it, but you, you have to, you have to get ready for whatever's coming next because no one knows it can be a war. It can be, you know, something great. You just have to, you're, you're steady, you're, you're steady preparing for battle and you know, what's around that corner. Um, I want to, I want to talk about a more like recent obstacle in your life. And it's after you left the NFL, 
I know you had a really bad concussion and that kind of set you back a bit. And then you had some, some health issues. And I know that you were in a, a pretty negative headspace. Talk a bit about what was going on there, um, what happened, and then how you got out of that um, hard place. Um, yeah, you, you go through things, uh, obviously, you know, leaving a game uh, that you loved and that you love so much and you put so much time and effort mentally, uh, physically. And, you know, at one point, for me, I've been able to control my narrative. Uh, I've been able, not my narrative, but uh, the way things go, you know, physically being there, being available and not being able to uh, force yourself back to health. Like you, you got a knee, you got a ankle, something like that. And to be so vulnerable and not having, not being able to push through, uh, you know, probably was one of the toughest things that, you know, I ever had to deal with right there. Uh, knowing that it really wasn't my choice. Uh, but, you know, with what's going on now, I think things are a lot better, especially in the NFL, uh, dealing with the mental health uh, concussions and all that. Uh, but for me, you know, I think, you know, obviously time helps everything. But it's like I said earlier, earlier you have to go back to your foundation and uh, start, you know, taking it one day at a time and understanding that no one's going to come and help you but yourself. So you start to, you start to, you start to fight a little bit harder and you start to understand that it's bigger than me and you're fighting for your family. You're fighting for uh, everyone that's coming behind me. So uh, mentally you, you put yourself in that mindset again, and uh, you start to fight for health and you start to understand that your story is even bigger than what you thought it may be. And so many other people are counting on you to, get through this so you can encourage, you can still motivate. Uh, so you just start to, you start to play a game and you start to fight. You know, for me, it's always been fighting for, to see everyone else successful and to put it up, smiles on everybody else's face. So, uh, you know, you get to that point right there. And for me, that was the positive that led me to coming out that dark space and understanding that you have people counting on you. And I know one of the things that really bothered you the most, you just mentioned like being able to control your own narrative was not being able, was not having like your full mindset because of what concussions do to the brain. Cause your mindset has been the one thing, like you've said, that's gotten you through a lot of what you've gone through in your life. Talk a little bit, a bit about that. If somebody's listening to this and they don't understand how concussions impact the brain, how they don't, how they impact your thoughts and your thinking and stuff. So you have this concussion when you were playing for the the Panthers that I think essentially ended your career, I believe. Um, how did that then like impact your mind? Like what was your ability to think like and stuff like that? Well, uh, when you're going through, when you're going through those something like that, uh, it, it's, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like your body's sick. Like you're, like you get the flu or something like that, but it's mental. So you can't, you know, you're not thinking at a hundred percent capacity and you're basically, you're basically just going through the motions and uh, you're there, but you're not there all the way. And it's, it's, it's tough to describe if you hadn't been through it. Uh, but like I said, it just takes time. It takes it, it takes opening the door for others to to help you and lead you in the directions that you need to go to. So I I would suggest to have someone around, people around that truly care about you, that uh, want to see you get better. That uh, it is you light up when you see them, and everything's positive. Uh, you you need that and. I think that's the best thing that happened to me is being having someone that you can talk through things with and help fight you fight, help you fight your way out of these corners. So uh, it's tough, but you know, you have, like I said, you, you have to heal yourself first. 
before you can help others. And, you know, that, that's the most important thing. You can't rush it. And you have to understand that it, it's, it goes back to this is going to be a day-by-day thing. It goes back to the foundations, going back to starting day one of a 10-year journey. So uh, I think once you can get back to thinking that way, I think you can fight your way out. Who was the person that was there for you the most during that time in your life? Who was the most supportive and, and helped helped you like get through that hard time? Uh, I probably would say my wife, probably. You know, we were seeing each other every day. And, you know, you, you just need that encouragement. You need someone to that you can trust 100% to see you to be there at your lowest and to know that that person is there to support you. That, I mean, that brings the light that shines through right there. Uh, it's words can describe. So you, you're, when you're at your lowest, you need someone there who's you can trust, especially for me. You know, I, trust has always been a, uh, an issue for me all my life. Uh, because I've never been able to count on anyone. Uh, you've been let down. I've been let down by, you know, almost everybody that I've came in contact with. So, you know, for me, you know, you, you need someone that you can 100% trust. Absolutely. And you've mentioned healing yourself first. Have you gone, done anything like therapy or healing work to help work through a lot of the stuff that you went, went through as a kid? Like, what's that process been like? Um, you go through therapy, you, uh, talk to people, you just need to get things out and to, you know, let go of the baggage. Um, so yeah, you, you go through all kind of healing processes, physically, mentally. Uh, I think, it, I think it all intertwines and, uh, aligns at the end of the day. So, uh, you definitely can't hold things in. You know, that's not good for anyone. Uh, it's always good to let, you know, energy, energy, it's a real thing. So you always need that positive energy. And that's what I'm always chasing nowadays is, you know, being around people who, when they see you, um, they light up. And when you see these people, uh, you light up. So it's all about energy and the negative energy. It's no good for anyone uh, keeping it in, and uh, it's just not a real thing. What's been, what have been a few things that have helped you, uh, like get rid of a lot of the the negative energy in your life, other than being around um, positive people? Um, I think that's it. Uh, having a great circle. Uh, if your circle's not better than you, you need to get a new one. Uh, it's just that's just the bottom line right there. But, uh, you know, for me, it's always, it's about seeing other people succeed, uh, seeing other people happy, seeing other people reach their goals. That what, that gets me excited. That gets me pumped up. And, uh, I think that's always been the biggest thing for me. You know, once, uh, when I, when I see that, when I'm pouring into others and to see people hit their goals and, uh, you know, accomplish the things that accomplish the things that they want to accomplish. Uh, that's, it's nothing better to me than that right there. So that gets me fired up and, you know, happy every day, you know, seeing people that I know, um, succeed. Paying it forward is, is super important. I know one of the things that's really, uh, helped you kind of transition out of the NFL into what you're doing now is, is your foundation and giving back. Talk a bit about like what you're doing um, to give back to others, your foundation. Um, I think people would appreciate uh, hearing about that. Yeah. Uh, that's the war foundation. It's uh, very important to me. And like I said earlier, you know, inspiring the next generation for me now is chasing greatness. That's what I'm doing now. And through my foundation, Basically, what I'm doing is coming into young people's lives, disadvantaged youth lives, younger than when I've got to high school. So giving them the opportunities and uh, uh, the, the tools to be successful through education, through mentorship, 
through community uh, and education, education, mentorship, community. That's what changed my life. And I went to a private school. So for me, that's what I feel that's what helped take me to where I took me to where I wanted to go. And what I do is I play uh, the scholarship for these young people coming from eighth grade to ninth grade. And I put a mentor staff uh, coordinator inside the school school for these kids uh, so they can have someone to talk to, so they can have a mentor to show them and teach them about life, real life skills, uh, financial literacy, uh, everything that I wish I had when I was eighth, ninth grade. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, we can partner with, uh, with Lipscomb Academy, Lipscomb University in Nashville, and hoping to branch off and go into other cities. But uh, yeah, it, it's a program that I think that uh, will change young people's lives. And we're not just there to have a program or a backpack drive. We're going to be in these kids' lives their entire high school career and be there for them as long as they meet us halfway and, you know, going to getting good grades, character, and everything else and doing their due diligence as well. So that's incredible. So do you think that like part of what needs to happen in order to to change situations like the ones that, that you grew up in is not only take the person taking care of themselves, meeting the mentor, the person or people around them halfway, but also getting these kids into a good school system where they have mentorship and people around them that can help guide them along the way? I mean, it's simple. It's all, you're only going to be what you're around every day. Uh, for me, that's when it changed. For me, I can remember the day that my mentality changed. I didn't want to be at war every day. I wanted to be around other like-minded people. I wanted to be comfortable. I wanted to be around people who wanted a future. I wanted to go to college. I remember uh, ninth grade, just wanting to, just thinking about if I could just get into a community college, if I can just a junior juco, just anything. I just wanted to be around people who wanted to uh, have an influence and wanted to go off and do great things and uh, be not be a statistic. So uh, when I got into that environment where everyone wanted to succeed and everyone wanted to go out and go to school and get good grades and wake up and be positive every day, Every you know, that motivated me because I wanted to be like-minded. I didn't want to be last in the uh, in in uh, in the class rankings on uh, a grade scale. You know, I wanted to pass a couple students in the class rankings. So, you know, that that helps. I mean, that, that's what it's all about—the mentality, uh, seeing different things, and understand that it's bigger and better things out there rather than what. Uh, what, what we're doing every day. I, I think changing the environment and people pouring into you uh, breeds success. Two more questions for you really quick. Um, first one is, do you still keep in touch with the Tui family? Um, you know, relationships, uh, we, we have relationships. Uh, they're there, you know, uh, but right, you know, for me, it's, a, it's about with the book that I'm doing right now, I think a lot of other people have gotten credit uh, for a, a lot of things that I've done. For me, what I'm trying to preach with uh, this book here is showing these young people from uh, these you know, disadvantaged backgrounds to understand that, you know, you, you can be independent, you can have stability, and you can work your way, you know, out of the environments that you're in without being, you know, having someone come and save you and you know, get to get you to where you want to be. So uh, that's what we're preaching. I think that's, that's, I think it's an incredible message to just give people hope that, you know, nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's coming to rescue you. Like you said, like it's on the person to do what they can to find stability, stay disciplined, remain optimistic and take care of themselves to be able to get out of um, a tough situation. Um, last question. Um, I'm a big Ravens fan. Um, what are your thoughts really quickly on the upcoming season? We just, we got Lamar coming back. You think the, the Ravens look good this season? I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm a big Raven fan. My son's a big Raven fan. Uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I hope that they can go back to the foundation that they had, 
you know, for years. And that's that uh, rough uh, downhill style of play football. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, that's, that's just what I'm hoping. Watching the last few years, uh, I think philosophy has uh, gone astray a little bit, but I understand that it's due to, you know, other things as well. But I, I think this year they get back to those old philosophies. I, a lot of guys was hurt the last couple of years as well. Um, so I think, you know, everybody get back healthy and we go back to that foundational uh, Raven style of play that's been there since 96. So if they can get back there, I mean, uh, you know, the sky's the limit with the weapons that they've I just thought about that. Actually, the weapons they they just they bring it in on offense. Uh, you know, it's, it's guys don't have shouldn't have to block for long with Lamar. And uh, guys catching and getting open fairly quickly, so you don't they don't have to block forever. And you know, I think they you see some success this year. Yeah, Ravens definitely look good on paper, and hopefully that we can make it to the playoffs and hopefully win a Super Bowl. So, so Michael, I wanted to thank you once again for your time. Your story is, is so inspirational, and what you're doing now is is incredible so if people want to learn more about the foundation if they want to buy um a copy of one of your books if they want to connect with you where's the best place to do that um you can pre-order when your back's against the wall on amazon.com uh and or foundation.org you can go uh, donate uh reach out and see how you can help the foundation and the generations behind us well, I'll be sure to include the links to that stuff in the show notes. And for those listening, what I invite you to do is to share a takeaway. Um, we talked so much about Michael's story. We talked about what helped him persevere and get through everything. We talked about the lessons learned. Um, we talked about what he's doing now. We covered so much. So be sure to share your biggest takeaway and tag Michael on social media and tag myself because we'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we'll see you next time.